Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Lesson 154. This is another particularly just beautiful lesson. Oh, you know what? I'm seeing the audios here. Have you listened to the voice that I've been trying to impersonate? Occasionally, I will try to impersonate the voice. This is the voice. I am among the ministers of God. Let us today be neither arrogant. I will stop right there and spare you. That's the the Course in Miracles narrator. It's great. To like you put put it on Audible in the car, and you get that guy. I think the Course in Miracles book is <clears throat> the text itself. It's like thirty hours long on Audible, literally, and it's that for thirty hours. And it's incredibly endearing. It's not annoying or anything. It's just very, like I said, it's endearing. And it has this way of having the the ego stuff really sink in. So check it out. Go to ACIM.org. You can listen to the entire flipping thing. Excuse me. So, again, this is a great lesson. I am among the ministers of God. So consider that if you have arrived at this place in your Course in Miracles journey. If you have made it to Lesson 154 and you have done your best and you have been showing up every day and it's the 154th day of the year and you've done 154 lessons or about to begin your 154th lesson, that you have in fact earned the title of minister. I do not say that lightly and I think that ministry can take a whole heck of a lot of different forms but consider that you are, in fact, one of the ministers of God. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Let us today be neither arrogant nor falsely humble. We have gone beyond such foolishness. We cannot judge ourselves, nor need we do so. These are but attempts to hold decision off and to delay commitment to our function. It is not our part to judge our worth, nor can we know what role is best for us. What we can do within a larger plan, we cannot see in its entirety. Our part is cast in heaven, not in hell. And what we think is weakness can be strength. And what we believe to be our strength is often arrogance. Good working definition of arrogance is righteousness righteousness plus fear. Side note. Whatever your appointed role may be, it was selected by the voice for God, whose function is to speak for you as well. Seeing your strengths exactly as they are and equally aware of where they can be best applied for what? to whom and when he chooses and accepts your part for you. He does not work without your own consent, but he is not deceived in what you are and listens only to his voice in you. you. It is through his ability to hear one voice, which is his own, it is, it is through his ability to hear one voice, which is his own, that you become aware at last there is one voice in you. And that one voice appoints your function and relays it to you, giving you the strength to understand it, do what it entails, and to exceed in everything you do that is related to it. God has joined his son in this, and thus his son becomes his messenger of unity with him. It is this joining through the voice for God, our father and our, of father and of son, that sets apart salvation from the world. It is this voice which speaks of laws the world does not obey, which promises salvation from all sin with guilt abolished in the mind that God created sinless. 
Now this mind becomes aware again of who created it and of his lasting union with itself. So it is, so is itself the one reality in which its will and that of God are joined. A message is not the one a messenger is not the one who writes the message he delivers, nor does he question the right of him who does, nor ask why he has chosen those who will receive the message that he brings. It is enough that he accept it, give it to the ones for who it is intended, and fulfill his role in its delivery. If he determines what the messages should be or what their purpose is or where they should be carried, he is failing to perform his proper part as bringer of the world. So in other words, don't question God. Just, just do what God says. And I've talked about this before. Consciously directed miracles are very misguided. And when you're trying to consciously direct a miracle, that is not in fact miraculous. It is the use of magic, which is the bad, uh, the false, like a false use of the will. I'm forgetting the phrase out, like the way that the course phrases it, but it's a mis misdirected use of the will. I believe that's how it said what it says. That's what magic is. That's when we're consciously trying to work our own miracles versus the one God wants to work through us. There's one major difference in the role of heaven's messengers, which sets them off from those the world appoints. The messages that they deliver are intended first for them, and it is only as they can accept them for themselves that they become able to bring them further and to give them everywhere that they were meant to be. Classic example, again, the recovery community, right? So you get the message first, let go and let God, and now that you've let go and let God, you can be directed to, let, to pass that message on to others. Like earthly messages, they did not write the messages they bear, but they become their first receivers in the truest sense, receiving to prepare themselves to give. An earthly messenger fulfills his role by giving all his messages away. The messengers of God perform their part by their acceptance of his messages as for themselves and show they understand the messages by giving them away. So again, recovery. Uh, step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. They choose no roles and are not given them by his authority. And so they gain by every message that they give away. And that's what they say in the recovery community. You got to give it away to keep it. Would you receive the messages of God? For thus do you become his messenger. You are appointed now. And yet you wait to give the messages you have received. And so you do not know that they are yours and do not recognize them. No one can receive and understand he has received until he gives. For in the giving is his own acceptance of what he received. You who are now the messenger of God receive his messages, for this is part of your appointed role. God has not failed to offer what you need, nor has it been left unaccepted. Yet another part of your appointed task is yet to be accomplished. He who has received for you the messages of God would have them be received by you as well. For thus do you identify with him and claim your own. It is this joining that we undertake to recognize today. We will not seek to keep our minds apart from him who speaks for us, for it is but our voice we hear as we attend him. He alone can speak to us and for us, joining in one voice the getting and the giving of God's word, the giving and receiving of his will. 
we practice giving him what he would have, that we may recognize his gifts to us. He needs our voice that he may speak through us. He needs our hands to hold his messages and carry them to those whom he appoints. He needs our feet to bring us where he wills, that those who wait in misery may be at last delivered. And he needs our will united with his own, that we may be the true receivers of the gifts he gives. That is a pretty much just perfect description of how the recovery community works. You could, you could argue. Now, if there's an argument, but you get what I'm saying. Let us but learn this lesson for today. We will not recognize that we receive until we give it. You have heard this said a hundred times, a hundred times, and yet you have heard this said a hundred ways, a hundred times, and yet belief is still lacking. But this is sure. Until belief is given it, you will receive a thousand miracles and then receive a thousand more, but will not know that God himself has let no gift beyond what you already have, nor has denied the tiniest of blessings to his son. I'm going to read that again. But this is sure. Until belief is given it, you will receive a thousand miracles and then receive a thousand words and then receive a thousand more, but will not know, but will not know that God himself has left no gift beyond what you already have, nor has he denied the tiniest blessings to his son. So in other words, I think what this is saying is you you know, without this belief that you have to give it away to keep it essentially, or that, that we get by giving away that we must receive and then give away in order to ultimately receive more until we understand that the miracles pass us by. We don't even see that they have, that, that they've happened. Our lesson for today is stated thus, I am among the ministers of God and I am grateful that I have the means by which to recognize that I am free. So that's a little prayer, the italicized section. The world recedes as we light up our minds and realize these holy words are true. These are the messages sent to us today from our creator. Now we demonstrate that they, now we demonstrate how they have changed our minds about ourselves and what our function is. For as we prove that we accept no will we do not share, our many gifts from our creator will spring to our sight and leap into our hands and we will recognize what we have received. So just more beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, More truly miraculous words. Um, There's so much buried in the text, in the workbook. So Go out there and be a minister of God. Go out and receive God's messages so that you might give the messages and the miracles back to those he directs you to give them back to. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that again. Thank you he will not make this possible for you who chose to carry out his plan for the salvation of the world and yours. Today, our theme is our defenselessness. We clothe ourselves in it as we prepare to meet the day. We rise up strong in Christ and let our weakness disappear as we remember that his strength abides in us. We will remind ourselves that he remains beside us through the day and never leaves our weaknesses unsupported by his strength. 
We call upon his strength each time we feel the threat of our defenses undermine our certainty of purpose. We will pause a minute and see as, I, as he tells us, I am here. So we will pause a moment as he tells us, I am here. So anything you bump into that you don't think you can handle, you just pause for a second and you just let God remind you that he's there. Your practicing now will, bring, will begin to take the earnestness of love to help you keep your mind from wandering from its intent. Be not afraid nor timid. There can be no doubt that you will reach your final goal. The ministers of God can never fail because the love and strength and peace that shine from them to all their brothers come from him. These are his gifts to you. Defenselessness is all you need to give him in return. You lay aside but what was never real to look on Christ and see his sinlessness. I really encourage you to take some time to read this over yourself and to honor the course for what it is. It is profound. It is beatific. It is beautiful. It is beyond this world. I had an experience today where I went out riding on my one wheel, the the thing that I got hurt on so badly. I've been riding it around because I need to get outside and it's really the only vessel I have access to. I've been riding a lot more conservatively so as to minimize accidents. I haven't fallen since I've been riding it on the street, uh, knock on wood. I, the accidents happen on trails. I ride on trails and riding on the street is a lot safer. Anyway, there was this truck that just came, I mean, plowing plowing through the intersection well past the crosswalk just as the crosswalk sign was turning to the just as the 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 crossing sign for the pedestrian was turning on so in other words I had the go ahead to cross the crosswalk and I was actually going to walk my board so that I was technically a pedestrian and this guy just blew right through the crosswalk and I'm walking up to him and he's not seeing me there and I have the right of way as a pedestrian. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, hey, to notify him of my presence. And he looked at me and he went, oh, like, sorry. And then he made the right hand turn anyway. So he was in a rush to get somewhere. I intuited in, in immediately that he was intoxicated. And, and he just went about his life. He could have, if I had not yelled, he would have very, very literally run me over. He would have plowed me over with his F-250. No joke. And I got across the intersection, and this guy was well on his way to continue being insane or drunk or high on drugs or whatever it was. And I just said to God, will you help me to... Will you help me to use this to, to learn the true meaning of forgiveness? I want to learn what forgiveness means because of this. And it was this thing I didn't have to really think about that just sort of happened. It was this effortless willingness to forgive. You know, I hope that guy doesn't plow anybody over or get in anybody's way today that's less forgiving because he is rolling some karmic dice. I will tell you that much. So thanks to all for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Course in Miracles podcast. Bye-bye.